Hello everyone, welcome to episode 1006 of Cold Wave Soundcheck. I'm Aaron Pollock. Cold Waves 10 is the biggest show yet, taking place September 22nd through the 25th at Metro, Smart Bar, Riviera Theater, and La Nocturne. Cold Waves is a celebration of Chicago's relationship with industrial music, the memory of a fallen brother, and a fundraiser for Darkest Before Dawn, a nonprofit providing resources and support for workers in the nightlife industry. For more information, including the full lineup and ticket links, head to coldwaves.net. This week, we are chatting with Thursday's Smart Bar performer, Ross Flessinger. This is Black Blade.
Black Blake started as like this kind of joke project in uh, 2001. And I was playing drums in a grindcore band called Wastoid. And I was booking bands and weird artists and just all eclectic groups in Lincoln, Nebraska. And I, I just wanted to start a project that was just fun and noisy and weird or you dress up and look weird. And it was just kind of like a band to play with other weird bands that were coming through on tour. It was just kind of like a joke. We were just fooling around and never really took it seriously. And then I guess in 2012, I just really took this myself and went full time. And so like a good 10 years now is where the project has gone from where it is now. Like before it was like a couple people just screaming a bunch. And now it became like a more like actual project I take seriously. I feel like I don't talk to a lot of acts from the Great Plains region. So tell me what the music scene is like out there. Well, I live in Lincoln, Nebraska, which is right in the center of the U.S. It's right by Omaha as well. So both cities kind of go back and forth with shows and scenes and things like that. So I would say like right now, there's not much of a scene for, say, industrial music in Lincoln or Nebraska, for that matter. Um I was booking shows for almost 20 years of just weird metal bands, techno, pop music, rap groups. There's just kind of whatever was like weird and interesting is like what I wanted to see here. So it's like I kind of did that forever and I was hosting bands all the time and different artists and Plaque Blake started becoming a little bit too busy for me to be spending a lot of money on touring acts. So I needed to kind of like do a lot more touring myself so I wasn't really around as much but Nebraska's very indie rock and very like you know Saddle Creek Records uh Bright Eyes but yet there's like this whole like kind of counterculture to all of that where Lincoln has a very extensive punk history to it so like since the late 70s there's just been really cool interesting bands coming out of here and uh Lincoln's a college city, so it kind of goes in waves of like what's happening and what's kind of not happening because it's sort of a transient city like that. So right now, I feel like we're just kind of in this low point where it'll pick back up, you know, in a, say a year or two, and hopefully, just like more electronic music happens or more weird stuff. I I feel like I've been the weird artist around here forever, so everyone kind of knows that, but um. You know, DIY scenes come and go, of course. And so right now it's just like, I feel like I'm out of touch in a way with my own city because I've been traveling so much. But at the same time, it's because of like COVID happening, things stopped happening. And I feel like it's starting to pick back up now. So hoping like just like more touring bands come here and more people get involved with shows and other weird scenes like that. For anyone sort of listening to this episode that, this might be their introduction to you. I feel like the audio doesn't really do your act justice. Once people are done listening to this and and they go onto YouTube or whatever, tell me about the the visual aspect of the show. It's some, I like to call uh, leather sexual homoeroticism. Um, It's, it's going to be like really banging beats, really sweaty. You can smell leather in the venue or wherever you see this at. And uh, it's just a really good time and it's really hot and it's fun and it's crazy and it can get really wild. I can, you know, like you might just see me in a jock strap by the end of the set. And um, 
as long as you're having fun, I'm having a blast. <laughs> was that always part of the live show or did that, did that sort of evolve over time? Um, it's always been a leather based project. I used to wear like, I used to show no skin at all. Really. I was very much a hidden identity. I've been showing my face a lot more since like the post pandemic. I feel like once masks became a thing an everyday thing, I felt like me wearing masks or leather hoods just felt kind of lame <laughs> and I just didn't really want to do it anymore. And so I was like, I want to have new looks and I kind of want to keep evolving myself. But yeah, it's always had this sort of leather gay aesthetic and like, you know, jock straps and spikes and chains and <laughs> everything in between. <laughs> I, I feel like the mustache is also like an iconic part. It is right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've had a mustache now for a good 10 years and it's just, I wish it was bigger actually, but um, it's like, that's the new level of blague. <laughs> I sort of associate middle America with super conservative old-fashioned you know very rural people but you know there, there's always pockets of you know a small-mindedness anywhere wherever you go regardless of the big cities so with the the form of show that you have have you ever had any pushback or have you ran into any problems with people who don't understand or or are against that sort of thing yeah i've definitely performed shows where people are wide mouth open jaw dropped and like don't understand it or they think it's gross or it's uncomfortable for them that's like part of the whole thing you know like it's not going to be for everybody but like if you don't understand it if you're like homophobic in any way you're not gonna like it i have a feeling but at the same time i feel like i can win over these people because I've watched a lot of audiences be stand like 30 feet away from me, but then they're like taking selfies with me on stage really fast. And they're like sharing pictures and stuff like that. So I feel like that's how it always kind of works out, but you know, like not only in my own city, but it's just places like LA and uh, just other cities where people are like, they want to start confrontations. I, you know, I've been choked. I've been hit. I've been grabbed. I've been pushed really hard. I've been, you know, kind of all of it. And I don't know if it's just people being really drunk or really like weird too, but um, you know, you're always going to face a little bit of weird actions by weird people, you know, wherever you go. Luckily it doesn't happen that often and it's never really been that harmful, but there has been times where I've been kind of nervous about what this person is going to do or anything, but you know, like people like to look out for each other. I feel like at my shows. And so I've had people like grab other people and get them off of me or, you know, luckily my brother was at a show where this guy was choking me and telling me to fucking stop this right now. And uh, it was just one of those moments where I thought he was joking. So I was just putting the microphone in his mouth the whole time. But my brother noticed that he wasn't joking. So he like grabbed this guy and pulled him off my neck. And, um, you know, things like that happens when you can get crazy. But at the same time, I feel like this project is more fun than it is sort of like offensive in, in that matter. So it's like, if you're grossed out by it, that's your own problem. You know, it's like, this is a project to make people feel good about themselves, you know, feel free to do how look, however they want and feel however they want to. So like, I like to promote that as much as I can as well, because if I can stand around in front of a couple hundred people and just a jock strap, you know, maybe you want to as well. <laughs> it's a positive thing to expose people to, new things that they might have been taught aren't okay or maybe they just weren't comfortable doing it and yeah i think going out and seeing other 
people that are open-minded and stuff sort of releases some of that tension that, that you might've built up over your lifetime. Right. I mean, I feel like people in the long run at the end, they're always like, that was awesome. And that was really fun, you know? And that's, that's what I like to hear from people. You know, if I've, I've watched people leave, I've watched people laugh at me and everything. It's like, I don't really care, whatever. They're not having fun anyway. So too bad for them.
you just finished up a European tour with adult. Tell me about that. Yeah, this was a, a month long tour all over Europe in the UK. This is my second full tour with adult. I've done almost 60 shows with them live now in the last almost five years or so. They're just people that I got to be really close to in, you know, the first time I met them, I booked their band in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we just hit it off. And then we've just kind of been great friends ever since. So I feel like we tour well together because we're like a good package of like, I'm kind of this more like aggressive dance version. They're kind of like this dark aggressive dance version. So like when we play together, it's, I think it's like a cool two band aesthetic or like two band bill to, um, be a little bit for everybody that's you know into dark wave music or electronic industrial and they had asked me to do this tour after canceling three or four tours across since the pandemic happened so it was one of those things where we had been talking about this for a long time but as covid was kind of coming back and like we were kind of unsure is this the thing to do there's lots of restrictions like germany has way more restrictions than say the united states so they weren't opening for live music yet. So that was like, you know, Berlin's a huge show for us. And if that's not happening, then that's like a a huge like loss for this tour. Luckily, like restrictions were being dropped and uh, we were still talking about going, but then like the war started happening with in Ukraine and we had to like, you know, talk about that. Is this like the right thing to do? Is this going to be safe? Is our shows going to happen? You know, like, especially we were in places like Poland or just Eastern Europe in general. And so there was a lot of concern until 10 days before we were actually supposed to do our first show. We were like, okay, we're doing it. Here we go. And so we all met up in Brussels and um, we did 22 shows in 12 countries within a month. It was great to be back and touring. It was really exhausting and really fun. And I felt like the shows were really cool and everyone was really excited because this was a lot of people's first shows they'd been to since the pandemic. And it's like the first live music. Cause I kind of think we were the two first American bands really touring Europe at the time. It just was a lot of fun to be doing this kind of with so much uncertainty. And we were all kind of scared and we all, we were all kind of worried, but we all had this like close friendship together. So it made it all like this kind of like family of touring together and we could really pull through this. And our driver was, you know, he used to drive adult in Europe. So we, they knew him and I really kicked it off with him instantly. And so it was just kind of one of those things where this tour was easy in the sense that we were all in it together and we were all getting along we, the whole time. And there was never really any problems with anything involving the tour. So it all worked out really well. And we had huge shows like in Berlin and like sold out shows in Berlin and, uh, Gothenburg, Sweden, and huge shows in Europe or London and Paris, and just cool, like under the radar shows like Lil France was just crazy fun. There, everyone there was dancing like crazy, and the show was packed. And it's just adult had never been there before, and we have. And so it's kind of like a cool moment of seeing like people really come out that you don't expect. So the tour was really fun and successful for that matter. And it was just, I feel really lucky that we got to do this and especially do it with like our best friends too. Are you able to, to get out and, and do other things and absorb any of the culture or is it mostly drive, get to a venue, sound check, go on stage, get be done and go to the next one? Unfortunately, touring is usually drive, show up to the venue really early. It's like hurry and wait and then you play and then the show's over and then you go 
usually to your hotel or wherever you're staying and then wake up and try to eat breakfast as fast as you can and do it all over again. But luckily we had a couple days off here and there, like a couple days off in Berlin, which is like maybe one of my favorite cities for sure. And then like a day off in Switzerland, which was really nice because I never expected to even be in Switzerland, let alone like walk around this town full of castles and just really crazy old, you know, buildings and structures. So, um, yeah, I got, we got to spend a little bit of time in Brussels as well. And it was my birthday right before that tour. So we all had like a big birthday dinner in Brussels. And that was like a really fun night where the chef like comes running out to like bring us back into this, back into our, his restaurant. And we ended up like Nicola from adults, like wearing the chef's apron behind the counter, like helping out. And he's breaking bottles of wine. And we took a ton of pictures with this guy. And it was just like a perfect start to all of this. Considering your project has been around for a long time, I feel like you don't have that many songs. I mean, I counted no more than like 30-ish, maybe. Is this like a conscious choice? I'm just really slow at songwriting and releasing music. <laughs> I there's I have like a few like singles I've been doing lately, compilation tracks, and I have comp- some compilation tracks coming out. And then I'm also working on a new EP on Phage Tapes. I've got unreleased material that was produced by Adam Lee Miller of adult. And I'm just kind of like sitting on music at the moment, waiting for a label to release it. And I just don't really have label support right now. So, which is fine. It's just, I don't mind releasing things myself, but I would like to get back to a lot more like releasing music. So I've been trying to write as fast as I can this year, as well as like getting back to doing shows like crazy. What does say relax mean on all your merch? Plaque Blake say relax. Well, that's like a play on uh, Frankie says relax from Frankie goes to Hollywood. And then eventually like that phrase got put on a bottle of poppers and then that became a t-shirt. So it's got like multiple meanings of relaxing. (laughs) It's just kind of a, it's just a kind of a joke too. And it's like a homage to Frankie goes to Hollywood, which they're kind of like one of the predecessors of, you know, gay pop music and leather looking guys and things like that. And so it was like, that stuff's super important to me. And it's just kind of like a buddy of mine made that design and it just kind of took off in its own world. There's even like a Kylie Minogue says, Kylie says relax. And it's just kind of like a phrase people use, but yeah, the pet shop boys one is a, that's off there. One of their 12 inches. It's just like the cover I ripped off. And then just like, I I had scratched out the pet shop boys. Cause I always wanted to do like, a pet shop boys plaque plague like split t-shirt as like a joke or like so anything related because they're like one of my favorite bands so what else is coming up for you you mentioned working on new music um are you doing more touring i saw you're going to be at terminus before you head to cold waves yeah i've got a lot of shows coming up it's like all of a sudden booking is back and shows are back and uh so i'm leaving this weekend for oblivion access fest in austin texas it's a pretty stacked bill with Danny Brown and horror who I've toured with before. So it'll be great to see them again. And, um, Nate, no face and sex pill and fat Tony and, uh, somebody else. I can't remember at soul glow. So it's kind of like a cool mix of like bands that are blowing up or like definitely have names behind them. So I'm just really happy to see my friends in horror again. So I, toured Europe with them in 2019 and I really haven't seen them since that fest coming up. I've got some dates in uh, 
Orlando and Miami at the end of the month and flying to Chicago for IML festival um, at Metro and then Terminus in that's in July, Seattle Pride in June, hopefully San Francisco Pride in June, Cold Waves Festival in September. And then I just got announced for Sanctum Fest in Chicago, which is put on by a dark energy out of Minneapolis and Restless Nights out of LA. So that's a huge show with a lot of bands I love a lot, like Boy Harsher and Adult and uh, Pixel Grip. And um, it's just cool to do these big fest shows lately. I've just kind of feel honored to be part of them in a lot of ways, but uh, yeah, like right now I've just been like writing songs as fast as I can. I'd like to try to release as much music by the end of the year as possible.
On this episode, you heard Dangerous, Joie de Blague, and Now or Never. Plaque Blague can be found at plaqueblague.bandcamp.com. Our opening music is Euthanasia by Accumination. Our closing music is Messiah by Splinter Group. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us next week as we chat with Empathy Test. Our closing segment each week is dedicated to the inspiration for Cold Waves, Jamie Duffy. Here is Steve Christie sharing another one of his memories of Jamie. I had an offer to play a live show like two months after this happened. And I usually play live shows, right? So like for me, it was kind of a big thing to like pull myself together and do that. I just remember thinking like after he passed away, I'm like, well, if I had a chance to talk to Jamie about doing this, he would be like, yeah, get up on that stage and go, go do it, you know, and go, go, go make it what it should be. Yeah, I did that. And I, you know, I felt when I was on stage, I kind of felt like, oh, it'd be really nice if, if, if Jamie were around to see this, it just, it was kind of bittersweet.